I'm Bill Mitchell, and this is When Dating Hurts, a podcast dedicated to my daughter, Kristen, and all women taken from us before their time by the epidemic known as dating violence. I will speak with authorities in domestic violence, law enforcement professionals, families of victims and survivors, and survivors themselves. This is part two with Jessica, a recent dating abuse victim, and today, a survivor. In part one, Jessica had already been through plenty with Jeff, but his abuse was not finished. Let's return to her story and her flight to freedom. And I remember like maybe like a year after I moved out of Columbia, like the very first after after I moved out of Columbia, he just checked on me and was like, I just hope you're doing okay. Like that. And I was like, I am. I will be. I'll be fine. There was no apology after that, after that situation. He never was sorry for that. I think he, that was his point of being like, I'm done with you. I, he would have been okay if he would have, I think, went through with it at that point. Because he was just that irritated with me. Like, that was just, like, that night he was just ready just to be like, I've had it. Because at that point, I was talking back to him a lot. Like, I, and I was pushing back. Like, I was like, no, like, I'm not doing, like, I'm not okay with that. Like, I would be like, I'm not okay with you taking the car, being gone till 3 a.m., doing whatever you want to do, running around, spending money while I'm working. Like, no, I'm not okay with that. And he, he didn't say anything. He just turned around, grabbed me, pinned me up on the wall. And it I mean, it was just, there was no, no response time. Was that it for the relationship? No, no. I mean, but like I said, I was like having trouble getting my car back. Like we, I had put myself in storage. I was staying with friends. This is when it gets to the point where I'm like having trouble getting picked up at work. Right. So this is, this is when this gets, this is getting closer to the end. Right. So there was one night that this is that Sunday night I'm having my trying to call him. He's not answering. He finally shows up. It's 20 some minutes past. He's frustrated that I'm irritated that he's late. So he's like, I have, I had things to do. I'm busy. I'm, and I'm like, what, what is so important? So in the meantime, I had been texting my dad about some stuff. He's like, Oh, who are you texting your boss that you were staying in there with? I go, no, I'm texting my dad. And he tries to snatch my phone out of my hand, but I pull back. So I'm like, you're not going to take my one line of communication. Uh-huh. And he goes to grab my phone, but as he's doing it, he throws his arm back and it, he elbows me in the oh. eye and it gashes my eye open and like above my, like on my eyelid he gets my phone and he throws it out the window. I like bend down and he sees blood, but then, so he pulls over as a react. Cause I was like freaking out. I'm like, you can't like, I have to have my phone for like work and everything. And my family is going to freak out. So he pulls over and he's walking back to get it. And as he's coming back to the car, there's a cop. And I'm thinking like, yes, This is like, this is going to be the situation that gets him in trouble, right? Like, this is going to happen. And he's like, don't say anything. The cop, like, is before he gets back in the car, he's like, oh, we just dropped something. I grabbed it. We're good. 
because the cop had just like rolled his window down. It's raining. And he's like, we're all good. And the cop's like, all right, I'm just checking to make sure you don't have any car issues. He's like, nope, we just dropped something. We're good. We got it. The cop rolls away. I'm just bawling. Like, that was, like, my one chance to get him to, like, be like, this dude could have went to jail that night. I mean, he drops me on my friends, and my friend's boyfriend that's there with her, when he drops me off at her house, he tells Jeff to leave. Because he's like, I'm going to call the cops on you. Like, you need to leave her. Like, leave her here. You need to leave before I call the cops. Uh, Does that result in a black eye or any of that? Oh, my eyes gashed open. So I have, like, a cut on my upper eye, like, below my eyebrow. And so I wear glasses. So I'm like, okay, how can I cover (laughs) this stuff? Because I have to go to work the next morning. So, and Candace is there. So I'm like, ugh. I already know. I already know. Gonna get busted. Busted by <laughs> yes, Candace. She's gonna she's gonna say something, right? So I'm like, man, how am I gonna cover this up? Get up in the morning, put makeup on, I'm like, man, I gotta make this not as noticeable. So I put it on and then my friend's like, just don't say anything. I'm like, well, I mean I'm not gonna draw attention to it. So she takes me to work because she's like, Don't even have him come over here. I'll just take you to work. So she takes me to work, drops me off. I get in the door. I'm standing there. We do our morning meeting, and I could just see her. I'm just not even making eye contact with her. We're done with our meeting. She just walks over, and she just takes my glasses off. She's like, come here. She pulls me into the bathroom. She's like, what is that? She's like, you know what? Don't even answer that. I already know what that is. She was like, not okay. That's not it. That's not acceptable. So what are we doing? What is our next move? Like, what is getting you transferred to? I was like, what do you mean? She's like, you can't stay here. And I was like, okay. She's like, your option is there's a thousand of our stores. Where do you want to go? And I was like, I don't know. She's like, there's nothing left for you here. You're, you need to get out of here. So we'll put in a transfer for you and you need to go. So... I'm like, well, I have family in other cities, so mm. I can see which way to go. And that's how I got out. They put in a transfer, and before I knew it, the transfer got accepted, and it was in motion. I mean, it was so fast. They were just like, they didn't even let me think about it, I Smart. don't think. It was like, we see it. We're not allowing that. You... If if it's starting to show and we can see it, then and he's not even being like and he's he's coming into your workplace and we're telling him that's not okay and he's starting to not be even like scared about showing how he's reacting, then that's you know that's not okay. Yeah, but they know where it's going to go. Well, you know, one day they're going to get a someone's going to walk in and say um, Jessica was killed last night. That's that's where it goes. Yeah. They're not going to let that happen if they can help it. Yeah. I kept trying to figure out, because like one of my friends, the friend I was staying with, I was like, because I did not understand how the girl I was first staying with that I thought I was safe with, because like her boyfriend was like, oh, you got to get out of here. I'm like, how does he know? How is Jeff still finding out everything that is happening? Because I got my car back. We hid it in her garage right so we went over we got my car back 
we hid it in her garage. Somehow he figured out where it was. Every move that I was making, like everything that I was doing, he was finding out. And I'm like, how is he finding this information out? Well, come to find out, she was closer friends with him than I thought. She was telling him everything that I was doing because I think that she had a closer relationship with him than I wanted to like realize. Oh, gee, that's awful. Oh. Yeah, because when, after I moved away, somebody had taken some pictures of them together and I was like, oh. Okay, that's uh, how he figured it out. You ever hear the expression flying monkeys? No. Flying monkeys is interesting. Think of the Wizard of Oz. So the witch has these flying monkey characters, right? And they do her bidding for her. So it's like rather than for the witch to go out and grab these, the cowardly lion or whatever the characters are and bring them back to me or Dorothy or the, the slippers, she would go and she'd get these guys all jacked up and they'd fly off and do whatever she wanted. And that happens a lot of times with abusive people that they get, they get people to do their work for them. So they get informants. Yeah. They are rewarded for giving information back. You know, you can't find the car. Well, here's where it is. Cause I just found out this morning. Oh, really? Hey, thanks. That's great. Yeah. Flying monkeys. Yeah. And there's some things that it's like, I, I was, I'm not innocent in things, obviously. Like, I was dumb, and I went back, you know, to him a couple times in the, early in the relationship whenever it would be like, okay, I would, you know, it would be like, this isn't right for me. And I would, you know, move away from him early, and then we would get back before a lot of the stuff started to get really bad, before all of these crazy situations happened. And I think it was one of those things where it's like, as things progressed, it was – you're right. I think he did start to kind of build his little group of people where it's like he started to get his to everybody else was like, I don't see how he's like that. It's like, well, to you, he's not going to be like that because he doesn't want to show that side of him. You know, he doesn't act like that in front of people. And then it was frustrating because I'd be like to one of his friends, I'd be like, you've seen him do that to me. And then he'd be like, I mean, I don't know. You know, it's like his his buddies are always his buddies. You know, they're not going to tell on him. They aren't going to say anything bad. And it's always like, well, what'd you do to make him react like that? And it's like, okay, I'm the crazy, I'm the crazy one that made him react like that. It's just frustrating because it's like, I'm just trying to get through the day. There were times where it's like, what about me responding to his actions? Like I, you know, it was always him responding to my bad actions. And it's like, no, this is a really bad relationship. Yeah, they try to turn the guilt around. And and for a lot of people, which is what's called gaslighting, you probably heard that one too, but gaslighting is just keeping the other person off balance and making the other person think they can't do anything right and that they are making the mistakes. I'm only, like he said, I'm only reacting to you. I mean, I've talked with some people who are survivors and it's exactly like that. It's and And a lot of the women get to the point where it's like they start to believe it. I think, you know, maybe I have to do a better job of how I approach him. And maybe when his friends are over, I have to just let them be and have their guy time. They talk themselves into a corner and they take on all the guilt. And of course, the guy's loving it at that point, because now he can do just about anything because every time he acts out, it's in reaction to something she shouldn't have done in the first place. That's quite a game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, come to find out the cops were, they're not fans of him. He's got quite a few charges. He should have never been driving my car. 
because he doesn't he didn't have a license he was driving while revoked he just recently out on parole and so they i don't know so i was trying to kind of figure out some stuff but i there's so, but here's the thing i did not know all oh, there's like several women that have like paternity things out on him right now which is like what are you doing which is not shocking because who knows what he was out doing who knows who knows the true him right like all these nights that he was out doing like sometimes i'm like i don't if you're not here like being crazy aggressive and doing what you're I was probably just like blind eye to it, relieved. I don't know, you know, just like he probably was out doing stuff with other people. There's so many, I want to say like 10 plus, I thought it looked like. I didn't even write them all down at this point. Like looking back, I'm like, oh my God, that could have been more together. It, but I don't, I don't know how many, but there's 10 or more paternity cases out there. I know he was bad into drugs for sure and that was one of the things I was always worried about because I'm like I do not want to go down for your wrongdoings right like I don't want to get caught for something that you're doing when I'm not doing it I'm just trying to survive your craziness and I don't want to get tangled in your mess here I am just trying to survive your wrath and I don't want to go down for anything that you're doing I just want to get out and get free of you and I don't want to go under because you're making bad choices. And he and sometimes he would say, like, that's fine. You can call the cops on me, but I'll I'll take you down with me. And that would be the the blanket threat. Right. And I knew I knew what he meant by that. So it was like, you know, I didn't call the cops because it was scary to me. Cause I'm like, I don't those charges, like they will put them on anybody that's in, around, right? Oh yeah, yeah. You'd be stuck with that for a long time. And I had nothing to do with that. And I didn't know where he had it. And I didn't know what it was, but they'll find that stuff so fast. And then it's, you know, did you, you don't have to know it's there and not there or whatever. And then all of a sudden you have drug charges. So. Did it ever cross your mind to get in touch with a domestic violence agency at any point in this, or you just sort of live in your life and try to get through today, get up tomorrow and do it again? Back then, no, because I was just trying to live, trying to get through it day by day. And now, now I wish I would have been like, "Hey, go talk to somebody and see if you can find somebody that can help you." My smarter self, me now, yes, I wish I would have had somebody to be like, "Hey, go. What you can go talk to this person, or you can go." I I didn't know of anything like that. Like, I was living life on the edge. On the, I lived such a crazy on the go here's the thing i felt like looking at it i lived my life in a way of like somebody who has issues for instance like somebody who has like who is almost in a situation that does have like um they're just trying to get to that next day i was just trying to survive my next day and you don't think about the big picture of what that looks like. And like looking back, I'm like, what was I doing? Like I was not healthy. I didn't eat good. I didn't like, I, 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 I look back and I like see pictures and I'm like, what was I doing? I didn't do, I don't want to make this very clear. I didn't do drugs. I didn't do, but I lived that like that. Like I lived a very like 
in the moment, just trying to make it through because I was just in a lifestyle where it's like I was dodging all the time. Like I dodged my family because I didn't want to tell them what was going on. You know, if I made it through, like I was dodging people at work, like I didn't go out with friends because I couldn't, but I didn't want to have to give them an excuse all the time. I didn't have a good lifestyle, but I didn't know, I don't know what else to compare it to, you know? Does that make sense? Totally makes sense. And I, I think you're just living moment to moment. And like you say, it's, it's not like you, it's not like you call a big time out, take a few steps back and say, okay, now, whoa, whoa, we started here. It's digressed to this, and now we're doing this. I don't feel comfortable about any of this. And, you know, it's not like you got that. You know, if if you had a friend who could sort of snap you out of it and say, Jessica, really, let me, let me show you a picture yeah. of how things were and how things are, you'd probably say, that's exactly it. And I... you. You don't get where it is until years pass. Yeah. And you look back now with clarity, total clarity. Yeah, 100%. I mean, the thing is, is like you get a little bit offensive, right? Like when someone does try to come to you, you're like, no, you know, I don't need anybody. Because you're just trying to protect yourself because you're living mm-hmm. in that protective lifestyle already from protecting yourself number one against the person but then you're also trying to protect yourself because you're like you kind of have that hard exterior because you have to protect yourself from all angles because you're just trying to defend how you've lived for so long you know it's not right you know you're not in the right way and you want to you want to get out of it like I wanted to be out of it for so long and then when I didn't have an option when (laughs) when Candace and them were like yeah this is not and then I was just kind of like okay kind of the weight was taken off my shoulders. And the thing is, is like my sisters had approached me like kind of, I was like, no, I don't, you know, like I didn't, I wasn't wanting to hear it from them because I felt judged and it was, but I needed to be judged because it was not a good situation. I don't know why I wasn't wanting to hear it from them. Right. Like, but I was in that moment, I wasn't ready. I should have been. And I wish I would have been because I would have been not in a couple of those situations. But for some reason, like I was, you know, had my wall up and I didn't want to take that from them at the time. I think they knew. I mean, they they didn't they don't know all of this story even like they're they're going to hear it for the first time, I think, when everybody else does. And I think it's going to hit them hard a little bit. But nobody wants to hear that from their family. But I think it's just one of those things where it's like, you don't want to tell anybody that. You don't want to tell anybody that. It's hard. It's a whole mixture of things. And it's embarrassing that it ever got to that place. And yeah, you know, you're afraid they'll look at you and like, they won't trust you now because you don't seem to be able to fit pieces together in your life. And, you know, but you've grown up a ton since that time. I mean, that's, you know, this is 16, 17 years ago. And, and you have the wisdom of time. The trust thing was hard for me. Well, yeah, because I had a really good job going into the before this relationship. I worked. This is the thing. I worked at a law firm before this and I lost all of that. Like I lost I I had things going for me in an awesome direction. Like I was working. I went from working at a daycare. I was nannying for a family that when the daycare closed, I nannied for a family that went to that daycare. And then I started working at the law firm for the lawyer that I was nannying for. And I was just going in a, in a direction I was like so excited about. And then because of him, mm-hmm. I lost all of that. And I, so I let somebody change my path. 
And I'm like, you know, how do how did I let it get there? You know, I was disappointed in myself. So being disappointed in myself was one thing, but I'm like, I don't need, like, I don't want to disappoint everybody else. And so it was like, I'm already like, I am my own biggest critic. And so it was like tough. Cause I'm like, I already know everybody else is going to judge me so hard. So it's like, you know, and at that point I'd stopped going to school, but I didn't tell anybody that. So it's like, I lost my two good jobs. I'm working at a retail store and I'm not going to school, you know? So it's just like, I'm, what am I doing? Watching it all fall apart. Right. Mm. Yeah. He got me into financial debt. Like I was just like, what am I doing? One person can really change a situation for you. So once you guys went your separate ways, then did he step out of your life or was he still finding ways to contact or stalk or anything like that? He tried to reach out to me once or twice when I moved, but I mean, I ended up changing my number and I... I'm not a big social media person. Like I have some social media, but I don't really use it that much. But I think the biggest thing for me is that he got in so much trouble with the law that it kind of, <laughs> it kind of just helped me in a way that he, and I think he got involved with so many other women that he, he got busy with them. Yeah. yeah. He ended up leaving me alone. I will say the person that reached out to me to let me know that he was out. I don't know if that was just like a heads up. It kind of did bring back that anxiety. I haven't lived like that in a long time, but that anxiousness that was, you know, I haven't lived like that for so long. Like I've, I've been so far removed from it, but it was like, I was like, wait, what? And so when I looked and it was like, oh yeah, as of May of this year, and I was like, okay, you know, it kind of just brought back that like weird feeling of, you know, and I had messaged them to be like, what made you reach out? And they never got back. So I just don't know if maybe they're around him too much to be like you know they don't want me to contact them back to be like it could chance him or whatever but i think they just gave me the heads up and then we're just like hey what advice would you give people based upon what you've what you learned the hard way what advice would you give somebody in their late teens or 20s um take more time i mean here's the thing and I, I don't know, because here I, I say this and I'm 37 and single. <laughs> Maybe it's to my detriment, right? Like, I feel like in some of my relationships, maybe I'm probably overdone it, but I feel like I ask a lot of questions and maybe that to some people that's like, God, she is nosier. She's like, wants to know. And I, it's not, it's more so for me, it's like peace of mind. And it's like, because I didn't, I didn't ask questions. and it got me into a really bad situation because I just trusted too much. I think it's one of those things where it's like, not everybody is what they say they are. Not everybody's character is what they show you up front. And I think the biggest thing is, is like you said, like people can give you one glimpse of who they are in the beginning and then they change. And, you know, it's, it's fine to be, lovey and happy in the beginning but really it takes uh, it takes time to get to know somebody you'll know who somebody really is after a couple months maybe a year (laughs) you know like if they don't like you and your friends 
and your people who you're around every day and your family and who you are around those people, then they don't like you. Because who you are around those people is who you are, not just who you are by yourself. Very well put. That's extremely well put. I have to tell you, that is really, that's a very mature way to look at it. But it's true because you are around those people because you see similarities in them and yourself. And if this person keeps putting them down and finding yeah. fault in them, they, yeah. it, it's, it's a roundabout way of yeah. saying they really don't like you the way you are. So you have to change and adapt. And I will say at 37, my circle of friends is small. I used to be like friends with everybody back in the day. And now my circle of friends is, is pretty small. Cause I think your trust in people just becomes you you can you can trust people and then you can really trust people there's some people that i can tell my everything to but nobody knows this story nobody knows this full story if you knew anything about this situation then i really trusted you i mean i think that goes a long way to say who you trust and who you don't trust and not to say that i didn't trust my family right that's more so like a hurt <laughs> thing like i don't want to hurt sure. them but i mean I will say like, you also have to know, you also have to know yourself too. Like I had to become in peace with myself and be okay with being alone and strong with my own character and like being okay with that before I could ever go back to like dating again. I was single for a long time before I ever started dating or anything. And like, I'm single now, like I'm okay with, I, I will always be okay with going back to being me. And that should be somebody's first place that they're okay with. If you can be you by yourself, you should know you don't ever need somebody else before you. So glad you said that. That's that's really great stuff. Yeah. It's, it is a t- it's a tough situation because people in that situation, it's hard to walk away from somebody, right? You're always like, oh, but they have good moments. Oh, but they have like, you always go back to that, the good times, the good times. And it's hard to walk away. And you have to like, sometimes you have to think of those bad times to get out. Luckily, I was just in a really bad time. <laughs> I was in a really bad time when I went out. But I mean, sometimes it just takes that moment sometimes it's so hard to walk away and i know that some people don't get that chance to walk away but you have to because you don't want it to get to that point yeah sometimes i look at it like what's an average day look like you know not a great day not when you're at war but just the day in day out you know what is what is your average here what's your batting average with that person and in your case the batting average was anxiety wondering what's happening next feeling bad that things that you own feel like they're being compromised or used by someone else or taken away. So your average day was probably like somebody with a stomach virus, as much fun as a stomach virus with a headache. Yeah. I mean, I, you have to think too, look how many times I moved. Mm -hmm. I never had a good resting place. I never had, like, I never felt good about going home because it was just never safe. You should always feel safe and always feel comfortable being at home or like having that place to go. Like that should feel good. You should feel like, oh, I get to go home. You know, like home is like a place that you think of as warm, right? I didn't have that. Thinking back now, I'm like, why did I, here's the thing, Columbia, I drive through that sometimes and like the anxiety works up. Like if I'm going to visit a sibling in another state, like I have a sibling in 
Illinois and I'll go to drive to her and like I won't even stop there. Like I'll stop in the next town over to get gas because I'm like, I don't even I don't want to stop here. There's nothing left there for me. Begin to run memories through your head or anything like that. No, no, there's nothing. It's just it's such a it's a dark cloud. That's why it's like I think it took me a long time to be in this space where I'm okay with just being like, yeah, like I can talk about it now. Like, cause the anxiety, it was the anxiety of it just cause I'm, I'm more than just this story now. Right. But back then it's like, it was on my mind a lot. Cause I was just more so embarrassed by it. And I think now it's just like, I just want to be able to just say it and be able to move past it. It's kind of gotten to the point where it's more of a story. It's not an emotionally charged moment by moment yeah. discussion, which is great progress. I mean, that's wonderful. Yeah. I mean, I will tell you, there were times where I'm like, I can't believe I made it through that situation. Like there were a couple situations I was like, I didn't know if I was going to make it out of that because like they got heightened. And then I'm like, could this get worse? I didn't know, you know, you were on that path because what always happens with these things, let's say that somebody grabs you by the neck and pushes you up against the wall and is lifting you by your neck, which is amazingly horrible. But what's coming after that is that and maybe worse and more frequent versions of that. That's what comes. You know, I don't care what that other person tells you. You will have more of it. If you stick around, you will have more of it and it'll be much worse. You know, you'll be literally and emotionally scarred for life if you stick around. Yeah. I've listened to true crime podcast i live i watched true crime and i'm like it's always something where it's like i didn't mean for this to happen or it was just like a freak thing and it's like you know one thing leads to another and it's and it is in those situations things happen so fast and then it's like you know if you make one wrong move or if i would have fought against him or if i would have fought back and i would have moved one wrong way and he would have pushed me one wrong way or if i would have you know like hit my head you know who would have known and then, and my family didn't know any of that was going on, then who would have known, you know, how long would it have taken? And that's where it's like, you know, I always think about this and I, you know, and I will tell you how I heard about your podcast was listening to your story on the other podcast. What was... This is actually happening, wasn't it? Or Yes. Yeah, I believe so. And I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot imagine what Bill went through just like not knowing that that stuff was happening with his daughter. It just kind of made my mind like think like, oh my gosh, I can't imagine what Bill was going through. Like the the thoughts of like everything, you know, how it builds and you just don't like I can't imagine that phone call like with if it, if something like that happened with my parents, you know, they had no idea what was going on. It just takes one bad fight and then they had no idea. No, we had no idea. We had no idea in the world and, and they wouldn't tell me over the phone. You know, they had to meet with me at a grocery store. And when it was the right moment, then they said, your daughter was murdered earlier today by her boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. I mean, you just go from lack of knowledge to something you never want to hear your whole life. And sometimes that's how the news is broken. You're right. So I I am grateful to the people who were like, absolutely not. The moment they saw the first, mm-hmm. the first visible sign to them, the moment they saw that you know, and, and to his brother for stepping in whenever he, you know, cause I mean, his brother was smaller than him. So, and he was like, absolutely not like, you can't do that. You're going to kill her. Like, I mean, 
there were there were so many moments that I had good people that were like, no. <laughs> but there were moments I wish I would have done something for other people. But now looking back, I'm like, I was grateful for the people that stepped in for me. And now if I see anything like that, I'm like, I would step in because I, I know what that's like when people have helped me. So it's full circle now. So I've seen it and not done something when I felt like I should have now looking back. I've had it happen and had people help me. And so now moving forward, I hope that if anything ever happens and I can see it, hopefully I can help. And now you have a better idea of what you would be maybe preventing. Yeah. You know, because you hear the people in the apartment near you, you don't know what it is. You don't really like it. You kind of don't want to step in there. It's really not your business. Yeah. You go through all these thoughts and then if it quiets down, you think, oh, okay, well, maybe that's the end of it. Yeah. But now you know it can get really, really bad. In our case, I don't know if you saw my book or not, but if in our case, there was a guy in the apartment above my daughter's that heard her screaming, no, 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 no. And he waited and he waited and he waited and didn't hear anymore and he went back to sleep. That was the end of it. You just don't know. Yeah. You know, 3 a.m., somebody's screaming no, but you don't you don't think somebody's being killed nearby you. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a scare. It's scary. It is. I mean, there. And like I said, like when I was staying in my cousin's apartment and th that's the thing is like she never she didn't tell me. So I don't know if they had ever argued before. I'm, I mean, I'm guessing they did, because when I stayed there, it was a lot. And so I had kind of kept out of it multiple times. And when it got to that point, I was like, it was scary. When I heard it, I was like, oh my God, like, what do I do? What do I do? What, you know, like, I didn't know what to do. Like, I, I was like, do, luckily, multiple people had called. The neighbor said she was like, I called. And she said like three other people around them were like, oh yeah, we all called. And I was like, I guess I, now I feel bad because I didn't, you know, but I'm like, well, everybody else had sound minds to call. But I mean, and they were both alive being taken away. But she, I mean, she did. She had stabbed him. So that's actually what she did. She stabbed him. Yeah. It has to get pretty bad for that to happen. And and like I said, I don't know what led up to that point of her doing that to him. I don't know where the, I can't mm -hmm. give you any of the abuse or any of that before that, but she was going with the cops and he was going in the ambulance. It's probably her last resort that point yeah and it very 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 well could have been 100 percent could have been yes so and that's the thing where it's like that's why i'm always like now i'm like you can't judge because there's times where i'm like when i wanted to run from him there's times where i wanted to do very similar like i'm like do i delay his time you know like timing like do i how do i get away from him how do i slow him down yes and then i'm like that is not an okay thought if i'm thinking that I shouldn't be here in that situation. But then I'm like, also, how do I get out of this? Yeah, it's not that easy. Like you say, it's not that easy. And people on the outside who haven't had the experience, every one of them will say, why didn't you just leave? My God, you figured out what's going on. Just leave. Just get out of there. Mm -hmm. You don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, because it's the, it's the underlying comments. It's the things that he would say and it would be, you know, I would be going to do something else. And then I would be like, yeah, how, would, how did he know where I was? I, he always, I would have to tell him where I was. He would always know where I am. Like, so I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like I, I would never know where he was ever. It never was my business to know where he was, but he always 
knew where I was. So it's funny that you said that he had people had, because he did. I mean, he had people. Had his flying monkeys working. And I just chalked it up as like he had feelings up there and I didn't. I had eyes and ears on you. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not that important. He didn't like me that much. But, (laughs) and he probably didn't. That's the thing. He probably didn't. Looking back now, naiveness, like back then, I gave him money and I was his financial, you know, like I was his money. You floated him. I did. I floated him. I was his money and he could take his frustration out on me. And I was like, I had the car. So why would he not? You were the magic carpet. So come on. Yeah. He didn't want to mess that up too much. No. And just so frustrating on my part for not being like, wake up, (laughs) wake up. Just looking back, I'm like, you're smarter than that. You are way smarter than that. Like you've gotten so far just to make a dumb decision. But now it's like, you know what? I I will say this, and this is going to sound crazy. It's going to sound so crazy. I wouldn't take it back for the sense of I've learned so much from it. And I've, I've made good decisions moving forward from it in the sense of seeing things for what they are, right? I can see things and I'm like, I can catch on to things now. And then people will be like, you're pretty blunt. Yeah, because I don't have time to sugarcoat stuff. You get one whiff of what's going on and you know where it's going. It's like, okay, look, I don't want to do this. You know? Yeah. I'm done with that. So what else you got? Because I'm gone. You know. Yeah. So. yeah. I would say that learning from that. I just hope that if anybody else is in that situation that they hear it and they're like, okay, I need to just, I can't get into a better situation because like you almost just feel like, I mean, I'm just stuck and I'm not going to get in a better situation, but I'll tell you, I'm in a much better, like I work a great job now. (laughs) I'm living on my own. Like I am back to the way I was before. (laughs) You Mm -hmm, can get mm -hmm. back there. You can. It just, it takes work. I mean, it's not easy, but it takes work. And I have good relationship with my family. You will get good people in your life again. You will. It just, you just got to work towards it. And look, you have a car and you actually get to use it. <laughs> I know. I have freedom to go do what I want, when I want, how I want. And yeah. yeah. Quite an evolution. It It is. Jessica, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and talking with me. And yeah sharing so much and I could picture every scene in your story and I I know because you are a survivor that you would eventually make your way out of it even yeah. if it was really really tough and years have passed you've gained several lifetimes of wisdom obviously yeah and it's just been a a real pleasure talking with you but also I just get so excited about what others can learn from listening to you and and seeing what you admit are the mistakes you made, but also to know how now you won't make those mistakes and you can actually go and coach others. So that's great. Thank yeah, you so much. Absolutely. I appreciate you letting me share my story. And I hope, I hope if anything, this helps somebody just kind of be like, okay, <laughs> let's, let me, let me make a transition for myself. Cause you can, it doesn't matter what you're going through. Just reach out. I mean, somebody, Somebody can help you somewhere. I mean, honestly, you have so many good tools on here. I listen to people all the time that you have on your show, and there's so many tools. I wish I would have had them back then, but you do. You have so many good tools on here. It's good to to know that they're out there, and it's also even better to use them. And yeah. if everything else fails and you have some time 
talking to people listening to this. There's the uh, National Domestic Violence Hotline, 800-799-SAFE, 800-799-SAFE. You can call anytime, 365 days a year, anytime a day, and get advice from people who really know what they're talking about. You know, you don't have to set up an appointment with somebody in a domestic violence agency and go there and then just at the last minute, I don't know if I should go or not. Just call, just talk, get the conversation going and speed up your, your freedom by doing something like that. So that's, yeah. it's, it's, it's good to do something when you don't feel it, that it's going right. It's not fair. You're not getting your way ever. Your freedom is being taken away by someone else. So someone's got you in that power control wheel. You've got to get out. You know, they're yeah. not going to let you out. No, Absolutely. Jessica, thank you so much. I know that this means a lot to you and I appreciate our emails back and forth and, and we finally got to today and, and you've done it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you did a brilliant job. Thank you. <laughs> thanks, Bill. <laughs> You're welcome. Our thanks go out to Jessica and other victims and survivors for making the When Dating Hurts podcast a go-to platform about dating and domestic abuse and violence. Only through knowledge and action can today's victims become tomorrow's survivors. The interest we are seeing far exceeds all expectations we had. As an example, just two years ago, this podcast had less than 2,000 downloads. Today, we are above 400,000 downloads. You can see why we're excited. The more who listen, the more who better understand domestic violence. We see now that When Dating Hurts has become the platform where dating and domestic abuse survivors can tell their entire stories from those early days when they thought it was love through the horrific nightmarish times of emotional manipulation, power and control tactics, and sometimes devastating physical violence. It sneaks up on people. That's how domestic violence traps people. I want to give extra emphatic thanks to the survivors who have come to us and told us in great detail their personal stories of abuse. These generous survivors have afforded us open access into the worst times they have ever endured. Their lives were made miserable by domineering abusers, people who were relentless in the calculated evil they perpetrated specifically to devise invisible prisons around those they told they loved. These stories, although challenging to listen to, are made bearable because we know that each of the survivors will eventually transition from a victim to a survivor. We see the sheer determination and immense courage it sometimes takes for a person to regain freedom. It's important to know that victims can always get help, victims can always get out, and victims can become survivors. Okay, just a quick reminder, the When Dating Hurts book is available on Amazon. It's in paperback and ebook and audiobook forms. If you're a survivor and you have a story we need to hear, please contact me at Bill Mitchell at WhenDatingHurts.com. Thank you for listening.